Did you know the Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. The FT. Welcome to World Weekly with me, Ben Hall. On the show this week, we are looking ahead to the US midterm elections and their longer term repercussions. The Republicans are looking to win back control of the Senate and increase their majority in the House giving them control of the legislative agenda and the ability to further constrain President Barack Obama and even roll back some of his achievements. The outcome could determine the remaining two years of President Obama's second term in office and whether they become an extended lame duck period. The vote also marks the beginning of a new political cycle, the run-up to the 2016 presidential election. Even if the Republicans triumph next week, they have a lot of work to do to improve their chances of seizing the White House in a probable race against Hillary Clinton. Joining me down the line from the US are Richard McGregor, our Washington bureau chief, and Edward Luce, our chief US commentator. Richard, can I come to you first? Can you give us a lay of the land? How are things looking for next week? Well, it's looking in the Senate for the moment like a trickle rather than a wave election. In other words, all the factors should favour the Republicans. It's a midterm election when their voters come out. It's the second term of an unpopular Democratic president. Second term presidents always suffer from a wear and tear factor in any case. And the Republicans are running in, you know, Republican states. The Senate races are in Republican states, so they should be poised to win. I think at the moment it's likely that they will. They need six seats in the 100-seat chamber, and they're probably sort of ahead in six to eight at the moment. But we should say it's very, very tight. It hasn't tipped one way or the other, as you would expect it to at this late stage. And so you have to think that the Republicans are well-positioned, 60 70% likely to win the Senate, but uh, we can't count them home yet. And Ed, what have we learned about the mood of the nation over recent weeks as uh, the campaigning has geared up ahead of Tuesday's vote? I think it's a pretty ill-tempered political mood here in the US. As Richard said, the Republican base is likelier to come out in higher numbers than the Democratic base. So they have a sort of a motivation advantage, but it's from a pretty low threshold. This is a bad-tempered political mood in America at the moment. And I don't think the outcome next week will constitute a wave of any kind. It'll be a trickle, as Richard said. And the races themselves are all within the margin of error. They're very close. A huge amount of negative campaigning and saturation of the airwaves and the TVs. And voters are turned off, really, by what is a very negative midterm, even by the negative standards of U.S. midterm elections. Richard, to what extent is Republican progress or success here driven by the unpopularity of Barack Obama? Well, it's all about Mr. Obama. It basically comes down in many states, Democratic candidates saying, you know, do you hate me less than you hate Mr. Obama? And the Republican candidates want to make it all about Mr. Obama, a referendum, if you like. Democratic candidates are trying to make it a choice between them and the Republican candidate. 
And that's the Republican problem, I guess. I mean, it, it may not be a problem for the midterms. It might help them win that. But if all they've got going for them is an anti-Obama feeling, that is not going to provide sort of long-term ballast for a stronger party in 2016. Have we got any sense that they are already looking to 2016 or are they, is this very much a sort of interim battle? Well, it's both, I think. I mean, it's a different electorate. It's kind of going to be different issues from 2016 on one level. But I guess on the broader level, there's a continuum, which Ed sort of touched on in his first answer. And that is, you know, the perennial question in U.S. politics or that pollsters ask, is the country on the right or wrong track? And it's been very, very negative in the U.S. now for more than a decade. So even as the economy recovers, middle class incomes are not recovering. There's this disconnect there. And I think that's going to be the theme that continues until 2016. And in that respect, um, I think it's an interesting election. Does that play well for the Republicans or badly, Ed? I think it plays well in midterm because disaffection tends to be to the disadvantage of whichever party has the presidency. But I think it plays badly for them in a presidential election because most voters do perceive Republicans as being extreme and as being a party of the rich. And there's nothing about their midterm platform or indeed about the early signs of who's going to be running for their presidential nomination to suggest that that's going to change, that the party is going to reinvent itself in the next year or two. And if the Republicans do take control of the Senate, to what extent will we see just yet more partisan gridlock in Washington? Or will there be actually an attempt by the Republicans to show that they can govern, that they're pragmatic, and to show that they are ready for the White House? It's hard to get more gridlocked with the next Congress than we are in this one. This one's broken all records in terms of failure to move legislation, failure to confirm presidential nominees. There are 60 ambassadorships, for example, that are vacant. These are all sort of records. So it can hardly get worse. My suspicion is, you know, the issue that the Republicans really need to address for their own political health is immigration reform. But the base is deeply opposed to anything resembling an amnesty for illegal immigrants. So my suspicion is, shortly after the election, President Obama is going to issue an executive order making it easier to regularize a lot of the undocumented migrants. And I suspect in his State of the Union in January, his State of the Union address, He's going to really make a big pitch for immigration reform. And this will divide the Republican Party down the middle and further worsen their chances of winning the 2016 presidential election. So I don't expect any great productiveness from a Republican-controlled Senate because the party is so divided. Richard, are there other policy implications that may stem from Tuesday's vote, particularly on other business issues? Will the Republicans try and roll back some of the Obama administration's achievements? Well, there'll certainly be some symbolic votes against Obamacare, but it won't be rolled back because the president would veto that. Ed makes an interesting, I think, point about immigration, but Mr. Obama feels a bit sensitive about that as well. One thing we should mention is that the election for the Senate is unlikely to be decided before December and, in fact, before January. It may, in fact, hinge on the result, a runoff in Georgia, which is on January 6th. 
and I really wonder whether Mr Obama will issue an executive order before then. But that's an important issue. I think Iran is an important issue. That's the big foreign policy a legacy success that Mr Obama is seeking for the final two years of his second term. But Congress is certain to stand in the way of that. And I think Mr Obama will be trying to, if not find a way around them, then to at least dampen that opposition around. The other big issue, which I think this Congress is, or really um, whether it's uh, the Republicans dominated or whether it's split, the other big issue is corporate tax reform. I think that will struggle to get through in the space of a two years because really the way the system works here now, you've already got six months of next year to get stuff done and then we're really into full-time campaigning for the presidential election. And that issue is just, it's urgent but too complex to get done quickly. And a final question to both of you. How will defeat play out for the Democrats and for Obama in his last two years? I think the defeat for the Democrats is not going to be hugely important in terms of their presidential contest. I think, you know, as Richard says, Hillary is very, very likely to be the nominee. She might get, I mean, her problem is going to be challenges from the left. If Elizabeth Warren, the Massachusetts senator, who's got a very populist following, challenges her, and that's looking like an increasingly plausible scenario, that could create a big fight for Hillary in the primary. But I don't think defeat in the Senate campaign will worry them too much because if you look at the Senate seats that would be up for re-election in 2016, most of them are vulnerable Republican ones. So the Democrats would be very, very likely to regain control two years from now. Is that how you see it, Richard? I certainly think that's true, that the Senate could flip back. I think it's true that the Democrats have a party leader and Hillary Clinton coming on board to replace Mr. Obama. That's the Republicans' big problem. They don't have a unifying leader. As to Mr. Obama, it seems to me that little affects him, little changes him. He hasn't seemed to have evolved in office, unlike other presidents. He's very much the same person he was and the way he operates and manages his office as when he came in. It is possible, though, and certainly there's been a lot of talk about, you know, a shake-up of his foreign policy team, but that may be more symbolic than real. We'll have to wait and see what he does there. Okay, that's it for this week. My thanks to Richard McGregor and Edward Luce. World Weekly is produced by Fiona Simon. Till next week, goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.